This is Sunday Rewind. Take it back now, y'all. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Stevens and Mike Melby. Welcome back, Tom Stevens, Mike Melby, Husker Rewind, every Sunday from 5 until 7. Hour number two, we bring in uh, Nebraska Hall of Fame linebacker Jay Foreman. Jay, how are you? I'm doing all right, man. Good. How are you guys doing? How's the golf game? Obsolete. I haven't been playing. I've been too busy with uh, basketball. and. Uh, What's going on with basketball? Uh, just, you know, just... Uh, are you coaching? Club, yeah, club. And uh, we're just finishing up so that, you know, that takes up all the weekends and your time. Hmm. You know, it's always something. Tom Osborne used to be a big uh, guy to watch guys on the basketball field, like football players. He'd like to watch them play basketball right. or, or wrestle. Do you think that's valuable? That it's, guys, are it's you, extremely are you, oh, valuable. You're... you're uh, like, I'm a multi-sport guy. You're a multi-sport guy. I, I think it shows you a lot more about the kid, or shows you more about the kid than you can get from just listening to him or his parents or like a coach. It lets you know. Um, Do you want him playing like five or six sports or just? A well, couple? I mean, when, but when, by the time you're making a college decision, you don't really have the time. Like, you played you, high school basketball. I right? did. I played high school. I said I played basketball, ran track, baseball, and football. Now, it, as I got older and got better, you know, at basketball and football, it was just those two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, look, I'll tell you, my uh, oldest daughter uh, went to Myers Park High School, just graduated. I remember I went to uh, Friday. You know, we, I'd be down on a Friday. Let's go watch a basketball game. And they're really good. They're yeah. they're top 15 in the nation. And, they, you know, they got some power five guys. Uh, and it's a few years ago. Walk in. There's Nick Saban watching a kid that they're recruiting play, uh, I think it might have been uh, May that's playing at North Carolina. Right. And uh, maybe they, I think they took another kid that was on a team that's playing there or did play there for a little while. And he wanted to, yeah, I'm sure you're seeing how they compete. And that's what you, you want to see what they can do. I mean, yeah. Tim Tebow couldn't play basketball a lick. Urban Meyer. Or baseball. Or Well, yeah. <laughs> but what he did was competed. He's a rebounder. He's physical. But you could really see their hand-eye coordination. If you run a little read option, you could see – you know, what type of teammate are, how, how they deal with adversity. You learn a lot also as an athlete. Even if they're not great at that secondary sport, you, right. you want to watch them and see how they deal with teammates and sure. stuff like that. You yeah. could, I mean, you could just see how they move. Yeah. You have a question, you know, like Zach Wieger, he got his uh, scholarship because he was sick. He had mono, I think, his senior year because we had him on old school when he yeah. went in the, the College Football Hall of Fame. And Coach Osborne and them, you know, obviously his brother played, but yeah. went and watched him play. High school basketball, and obviously he ends up being one of the best ever to play at Nebraska. And a lot of it had to do with him being able to play multiple sports. And Ray Lewis was a four-time, I think, state champion wrestler. So, I mean, if you you don't, you better be dang good at whatever sport you're doing. There aren't many guys that can do it at the college level, right? Play two, two sports. Not really, and it's just too much time. Too much, it's too much competition. Guys have developed so much faster earlier. Well, one thing I want to ask you: You played basketball in high school. Mm-hmm. You were pretty good at it. How good? I was good enough. I was good enough to play. D one? Yeah, I could have played. I think. I mean, I don't really. I mean, now you never considered it, though. I did until my dad had the conversation with me, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, I was on an AAU team 
it was Sam Jacobson, who was a – I think he might have been a lottery pick. Yep. He played for the Lakers. Khaled Alamine, who played at UConn. Okay. Um, John Thomas, who was – I know for Goodness. a fact he was a lottery pick. And you were he, playing a lot of minutes on the – I don't know. I was coming off the bench. Okay. okay? All, right. All right. And they had a guy named Bebop Walker that went to Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And there was – I think it might have been Robert Mestis that played at Miami, Ohio. I think. And then I was coming off – I was like seventh. Yeah. And and then you know I had a like a good run you know we were playing New York Riverside and I can't you know what I did I came down there come off the bench hit a couple threes and I knew I wasn't gonna make the dunk but the house was packed so you try to dunk next thing you know Wichita State and all these guys looking at me but it changed my outlook on basketball uh, as I read an article about Temple and John Cheney and, and Mark Macon was one of my favorite players. I used to wear those white Adidas like him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they put the schedule down. Take the subway in at 3.30, practice at 5. And I was like, nah, that ain't for me. <laughs> but my dad broke it down to me, and that was, you know, he's like, there's 12 scholarships in basketball. And back then, you know, the big thing was if you got hurt, they'd send you home. Did your dad play – did Chuck play high school basketball? Yeah. My dad was a world-class athlete. I always say, dude, what happened? I'm supposed to be Randy Moss, dude. I was supposed, it was supposed to be easy for me. <laughs> um and so he was like, look, man, you know how many kids there are in New York that can probably score 20, 22 yeah. points, and you're, you know, you're 6'2". And he wanted you to go to Miami, right? Yeah. Your dad, Everybody went there, yeah. Your dad wanted you to go to Miami, and yeah. how close were you to going to Miami? Well, pretty close. I, was, yeah. I mean, I, like, I, mean yeah. I was already dead. I think it was one of those things. I, I think that Miami felt like I was going to go just because of the legacy. I had two uncles that to went play there. play linebacker? I don't know what they were doing. I know I was just go- I just was ready to go, you know, yeah. because that's all I ever wanted to do. They offered me the first day. Back then, they couldn't call you until, like, August 1st. Right. So they called me at 7 in the morning and offered and stuff like that and didn't really hear from them. They'd check in, and then, um, like I said, my recruiting was a little bit slow. It's slower than I, my liking. You know, I was in Minnesota. Nobody was going up there to get anybody, especially if you didn't play quarterback because they were just getting – right. You know, all the, you know, Chris Winkies and all them. Minnesota offered? Minnesota offered. No, they didn't. They didn't? They didn't. Well, they didn't offer. They offered me after, every, like, Michigan State and Nebraska did. Okay. And really the funny story about that is Jim Wacker came up from TCU and took over. And he wanted to bring in all Texas guys, you know, in the Minnesota, you know, yeah. trying to build the program. You know, rightfully so, however he got, you know, overlooking all the Minnesota guys. Kevin Sumlin. I didn't know this until, like, a year and a half ago, you know. Uh, Kevin Sumlin was the wide receivers coach, but it was over Minnesota recruiting. Mm-hmm. He ran into my dad. My dad did a speech down there, and he was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> can your kid walk on, right? Yeah. I guess my dad just lit him up like a Christmas tree, <laughs> like you can go fly a kite. So maybe that's why they didn't offer right away. Right. When did Nebraska get involved then? When they can't, they, you know, Coach Osborne won't admit it. They were up there in Monty Kiffin was the defensive coordinator at the Vikings. So me and Lane Kiffin were ball boys. Yeah. They were up there watching Lane Kiffin, who went to Fresno, yeah. played quarterback division one. They had another guy named Lloyd Lee that actually went to Dartmouth, but he was a power five guy, super smart. And Dave Watson, who ended up winning the – I don't know how he won the mm-hmm. Minnesota Player of the Year. They were recruiting Dave Watson, big old tight end, you know. And so we played them on their homecoming, and I thought they were there to look at me and Coach Grant, Mike Grant, my yeah. coach. He was like, nah. It was like Nebraska, Michigan State, Nick Saban, Gary Barnett, Northwestern, Colorado was there. Everybody was there. You could yeah. see them because they had those, yeah. you know. Yeah. So 
So I went out there and, you know, I grew up with Dave Watson and Lloyd. You know, we grew up playing basketball. Right. I think right. I knocked Dave out the game, knocked Lloyd out the game, got a pick, like 200-something yards. In, you know, we won, you know. And next thing you know, Dan Young, who, you know, recruited Minnesota, was calling me every Monday at 6 o'clock. Did they have a plan to be a linebacker, or did they just no, say? No, hey. it was it – was, I did I, – well, I saw Lawrence Phillips play running back. Like, uh, <laughs> he's a freshman. <laughs> and I'm yeah. gonna be there next year. Right. Yeah, I'm not moving like that. Yeah, right, I could right, I could right. tote the pill, you know, because right, yeah, yeah. that's just natural. Yeah. I don't know if I'm doing it like that because I saw. Do you have the Chuck Foreman spin move? I, I I did, but it wasn't at, like the same. You know, <laughs> I, I could run the ball, but I wasn't like yeah. that. I mean, I you know I could have played at Iowa or somewhere sure. like that. But Lawrence Phillips, I saw him, and I was like, yeah, that's a. He's only a year older than me. Like, what was, what was it like to tackle Lawrence Phillips in practice? I mean, it was hard. I mean, it made got me ready. I mean, he was good. I mean, he was not. I mean, he was big, fast, could make you miss. Yeah, no choice but to get good. You yeah. missed a lot. Yeah. You know, uh, but he was angry, right? I mean, he ran angry. Well, he ran like you're supposed to. Yeah, physical. Yeah, he liked it. And so, then, uh, you know, coach Coach Brown was trying to get me to play wing back. I'm like, nah, I play. Like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not rolling around on the ground doing that for four years. Yeah. You know, getting twenty catches a week, a year. So you did you? It was a couple of years before you played, right? It was, well, it was I, I redshirted and then I started. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you grew up in it was Eden Prairie that you yeah. lived it, right? Yeah. Um, did you ever put on the blades and go play a little ice hockey? <laughs> you, you, well, all my friends played hockey and, and went to college to play. I went out there and tried to skate once. I was like Bambi out there. And I was like, yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> I was just curious. Yeah. Uh, it took a couple times, and I'm like. And, and hockey was really expensive. Yeah. And so basketball was very inexpensive. So that's how – I mean, I didn't I didn't have – I love hockey, love watching it. Grew up, you know, yeah. supporting my friends watching it, but never played. No, and I would have liked to, but I couldn't afford it, and I couldn't skate. Well, yeah, because, like, when I was doing play-by-play for the Stars, there was probably six guys that came from Eden Prairie. Right. So. Yeah, they have a great program now. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, obviously, the big story in college football this week, uh, Pat Fitzgerald fired – uh, obviously, what's gone on there, it, the hazing allegations are crazy. I mean, if you would have said Pat Fitzgerald is involved in that, I would I would have been a little stunned. How stunned are you to learn about what's gone on in Northwestern, at Northwestern? You know, I was – first of all, like, depends on what you view as, like, like hate, you know, like yeah. – Everybody has, you got to do, you know, you got to, I had to carry pads and all that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, pay a little rent and, you know, some of this, you know, it's part of like, you look forward to it. Cause it was like, you kind of were like, you worked hard. It was like a, you know, like, and there's a pecking order, right? But there's hazing and there's it, hazing. Now what they were doing, that's not quote unquote hazing. That is, um, I felt as I, I just, I've been in tons of locker rooms and I've talked to a ton of people, both. All former players that played all over the you know country, whether it's Ohio State, Iowa, Mich- you know guys that I do some stuff with the Big Ten and just guys I know, yeah. not one of them have ever experienced anything like that. I don't see where hazing goes into like predatory type of like weird like like it's almost like a, a, a like initiate like a ritual right yeah. kind of. So I'm little I was a little shocked that that was happening at Northwestern of all places. But then I'm not shocked because I think it was more like a frat. I think it was like a frat thing that kind of got, you know, bled into, which shouldn't even be right anyways, but yeah. bled into the football. And 
you know, to be honest with you, I think that where they're at right now is because of the president. You know, really, to be honest with you, the president should say, hey, look, I mean, to be honest with you, he's, the same stuff that we read, he saw. They did an investigation for six months. This isn't like new. Yeah. They can, now they'll say it's new. It's not. So he thought it was two weeks worthy. He thought it was like no big deal. Hmm. Right. So that's the punishment. Heard some backlash. He had two times to get it right. The first time. Okay. That's fine. Hmm. Second time, you know, what's coming. Then you got to go big. Right. Right. Don't just say, I'm going to reconsider. Say, you know what? I made a mistake. I've thought about this. We're going to suspend them for at least six games and more. Right, indefinite with a minimum of six. Right, well, however you want to word it, everybody probably would have been cool, right? Yep. And even if you came out with what the student newspaper came out with, you say, all right, at least he went farther, right? And you probably could have got Pat Fitzgerald to say, okay, you still keep your coach. He does take responsibility. You actually look better now. You cost your university at least forty-two million of what you owe him. And then some probably said they're going to have to pay. Right? Yeah, they've got to pay that, you know, because you already signed off on it. You already agreed to a yeah. contract, you know, because of the stipulations. Yeah. And then now you're going to probably all the other stuff of lawsuits you're going to deal with. And on top of you just spent like close to one point two billion in your new facility stadium with no coach and nobody's going to want to come. But there. it sounds like that's now on hold. Well, like, yeah, I did. I just see that where the the powers that be said, "Hold on, player." Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. we well, ain't breaking that, ground yet. The other thing, though, is I look at the AD because the AD hired Jim Foster as the baseball coach last year. Mm-hmm. Before fall was over, there were allegations of discrimination and harassment from assistant coaches and players and staff members within the baseball organization at yeah. Northwestern. Yeah. They started investigating that program in October of last year. Here we are nine, ten months later, and they're like, oh, well, I guess crap. we got to fire. We got this whole thing going on with football coach, and yeah. that's high profile. Yeah. It really makes you wonder. To me, the AD's a guy that just needs to go. Yeah, because he, he fumbled it with the, another hiring. Um, you know, Northwestern, I think, is a little, little weird, though, because if you look at their baseball players, you know, they're not like Big Ten baseball players, they're like legacy, high net worth kids that come from legacy parents sure they probably want some control in the program he probably coached them a little too hard coming from army you can't coach the kids at northwestern like it's different it's <laughs> yeah. a private university so private money is going to kind of dictate and that's probably why pat fitzgerald did so well it's it's look it's no different than minnesota a few years ago before pj fleck got there yeah. the whole sexual allegation of bringing in 25 guys 23 weren't even there Mm-hmm. Two guys were probably obviously got in trouble for it. You almost lost. You almost lost Antoine Winfield Jr. and all those guys. Mo Ibrahim with all that. They weren't even there. But then when you started to look at it, all the way back to when Clem Haskins was there, back dating ourselves, yeah. you know, and all the other stuff. Then PJ Fleck comes in and had to really change the whole identity of it, and it well, was an athletic department thing. Well, look at Iowa. What they went through just right. a couple of years ago with right. Kurt Ferentz and the and the weight weight coach, yeah, the weight coach, and that's been going on for oh, ten, over ten years. Yeah, and, and th- let's face it; I mean, he's still there because he was always winning eight, nine, ten games a year. Yeah. We're looking at Northwestern, and they're four and twenty since two thousand twenty. I believe right. they were one and eleven last year. This is about more and more athletics. Nebraska almost didn't get into the Big Ten 
because they were kicked out of the AAU. Remember that? The the big they, academic. They, they were still in when they got into the Big Ten, and it was literally a month after they it was announced. And then mm-hmm. because they, they stopped allowing the University of Nebraska Medical Center to be included within the University of Nebraska for research. That was the stipulation. stipulation. That's why they were in it. Like, if you still would consider UNMC as a part of the academics, and I don't know what caused that problem or whatever, but that's why Nebraska fell out of the AAU. Right. And, and my point is that the Big Ten has always prided themselves with high academic institutions. I mean, Northwestern, that's the school, and we're proud of that. And now it's, it's like I don't even know in the next five years if they'll be in – maybe the next three years if they'll be in the league. This is all about money. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, their, their football program is done. I mean, who – I mean, no – you're going to have to hit a home run to get somebody to come in and coach there because it's hard to recruit there anyways. Ed Ogeron said he'd take the, take I'm the sure, call. I'm sure he would. I'd take the call. <laughs> so right. would yeah, I. Everybody would take the call. If you're giving away stupid money, you yeah. Nothing, you got nothing to lose. But I'm talking about being up to the standard of where Northwestern was. When you look at – if you take the last two years out, and, and maybe Pat Fitzgerald got a little bit lax of – you don't win as much as he had at Northwestern without having a good culture at some point in time. Yeah. Good leadership, team-led teams, or player-led teams. You can't. If this was going on for his whole tenure of 17 years, there's no way he'd have three 10-win seasons. Completely impossible. I'd like, to th- I'd like to know who those 8 to 10 players were when they became into leadership role and if it replicated the record the last two years. Yeah. And but you know transfer portal hurt them as well. You the, you said Northwestern's done, it, and it looks like they are. I mean, I mean they're. I mean, just name name one name, and here's why they're done because the way that coaches are right, they won't admit it. Majority of them like money. They love money, and they love easy money. That means coaches that are have been that have been through the the. Okay, look at David Shaw when he went to Stanford. Now, granted, it was after Harbaugh, but Stanford's still a hard program. He kind of brought them up, you know what I mean, and yeah. been there. Or like somebody in the Army where you've had to raise money and do all this other stuff. Do you want to go do it again at Northwestern? Yeah. And then you're looking at Ohio State. I mean, heck, Illinois is good now. Purdue's good now. They don't want – later on in their career, they want to be going somewhere like Nebraska where it's turnkey. You don't have to worry about putting butts in the stands. I mean, Northwestern's talking about building a new stadium with 45,000 people. That's 45. not going to happen. Right, I mean, is, but forty-five thousand people. Yeah, you could get that if you said, you know what? There's a scrimmage tomorrow their, at Nebraska. Their last stadium was seventeen thousand. <laughs> if you said, there, I don't know, there's a volleyball match right. at a ninety-thousand-seat football right. stadium in Nebraska, it sells out. If yeah. you if you played Nebraska basketball in the stadium, chances are you could get more than forty-five thousand oh. people there. Well, Nebraska yeah. is drawing ninety-three thousand for a volleyball game. So, I mean, so again, I ask you, what coach that has made it that would give you the cachet to step into Tom Stevenson's living room to recruit Tom Stevens is going to want to deal with that? You got to change your whole profile, and they're not willing to do that right. at Northwestern because they don't care. Right. They don't care about athletes. You know, the, the, I'm trying to think of a coach. I'm trying to think of a guy that would be like, you know what? David I, Shaw I know makes who a little David Shaw makes yeah. Yeah. David Shaw does, yeah. but the, the the coach you need is a Bob Huggins, only a football coach. Right. You need a guy that's disgraced, a Patino, that that has that has is been, desperate. That is desperate. Well, right. they they just got rid of that guy. He's disgraced. Beth Fitzgerald. True. I don't think they're going back down that road. <laughs> right. Uh, and then so then you're you're going to lose the coaching ability. 
then how are you going to who is going to come in there and be able to mend relationships, open up huge checkbooks to either continue to build this new facility or to invest into the football program? They have no NIL either. Yeah. And their portal is going to be open for the next, what, 20 years? Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, so how many of those guys stay? Yeah, they. I but mean, they they don't have anywhere to go if they leave the program right now. Yeah, I mean, right now they don't. They're just going through the motions right now. But then you're gonna have guys that are trying to get good tape to go somewhere else. So yeah. even if you have somebody, that's why if they were if they could do it all over again, suspend Pat Fitzgerald for the whole year, you actually can recover from it. And this isn't to minimize what happened to, you know, the 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 gentleman. That's not it. We're talking. To, I'm talking exclusively about the football program. Exactly. That's it. Because all the other stuff would take care of itself. Yeah. And has taken care of itself. Can you stick around for another break? Sure. All right. Uh, I want to go through the Big Ten West and uh, rank the teams. You better get it. This is the last year. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) It's last year. This is the last year. Whoever, if Nebraska wins the Big Ten West, you know how much money that would be worth in like 20 years? (laughs) (laughs) I haven't thought about it, but you better. Hey, they're selling PlayStations and stuff when we were younger. And you got PlayStation games, the original PlayStation is going for thousands of dollars. That's right. Yeah. He's the Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman, Mike Melby there, Tom Stevens here, back with more after this. This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Tom Stevens on base. Yeah, man, I like the song. I like you guys. You know, this this intro music fits you too. I, you, you, that's part of it, though. When you have when you're coming out of break, you gotta have. It's like a you know every superhero has his theme music. This is your guy's theme music. <laughs> you got it. I'm Mike Belby. That's Tom Stevens, Hall of Famer Jay Foreman sitting to my right. If you're watching us on the live stream, it is live on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. It is the Sarder Heyman live stream. If you want to be a part of the show, you can text in or call in. 402-464-5685. We'll get you in the show. And uh, we're talking about Northwestern and all the hazing that's gone on. And you, you said it. You were in a lot of locker rooms. Uh, right. you, uh, Giants, Texans. Buffalo. Buffalo. And, yeah. and who's the other? You had one other team. Um, San Fran. Yes, 49ers. Yeah. And, you know, I sat there through like 15 seasons of, of Lincoln Stars hockey. And I watched. It wasn't. Uh, it was vets and rookies. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just dumb stuff. But, right, but there was nothing that was ever to the point where you're just like, "Damn," and yeah. like this. But if you would, can you elaborate a little bit on some of the stuff that either went on and maybe the type of personality of guys that initiate the right way, right. and maybe guys that initiate the way Northwestern did? See, I was very fortunate when I went to Buffalo. The biggest thing I learned is like you want to be seen and not heard. I let my pads do the talking, kind of. You know, I was trying to avoid. I was, you know, what I was, the most, I was really worried about singing the Nebraska fight song. Number one, because I didn't really know it. Number two, <laughs> I didn't want to get up in front of people. Now look at I'm on radio. It, but you know, if you're, you know, some you, I saw some of the stuff where you know rookies would get like taped to the goalposts and stuff like that. Seriously. Sometimes I, I mean sometimes seen- I saw it like when I was a kid with the Bears and stuff. Uh, and it I, was, but they would. The trainers would come back and get you. You know, I mean, it's not like you're there all night. I've seen photos of that happening. Right, so. something like that, or they might shave your head or something like that, or shave a line in your hair, and then you got to walk around until you right. get a chance to go get a haircut. I've seen that type of stuff and, and all that other stuff. It's not that big a deal. It would have been a part of rookie dinners. The one thing that really helped me in Buffalo, they were very professional. Um, 
and you know we had to carry i had to carry pads i had to make two or three trips during two days to get all linebacker pads yeah. um you know our biggest deal we had to buy the the the, the uh road game uh meal which was you know chicken kentucky fried chicken so me and keith newman would go you know split back and forth and then we bought pizza and wings for when we watched game tape that was it and then Who we were went your out leaders your leaders you, you, i mean i was it, it was bruce smith thurman thomas um and you that's, know, and ted that's, washington so you, they weren't they weren't about this type of stuff and like, that's what you mentioned in the break the the really good leaders say right. when they stop it it stops right yeah and they regulated it now listen when if you fought it, didn't want to get up there and fight the, you know, and it, it, biggest thing when we, were, I was a rookie, is just show effort, you know, get up there and, hey, if you can really sing, you're really gonna probably be singing. If you can't, then at least you get up there. If you fight it, then you could, you know, get thrown in a cold tub or something like that. But it, guys that there, they're there, there to play football, don't got time to be up there doing something every day to a rookie because everybody knows they knew how hard it was as a rookie, yeah. or even as a freshman when I was here. To not make it any harder, because at the end of the day, they're your teammates. It feels like a fine line because you want a player-led team, right? Right. Uh, but then coaches, in some cases, don't want to know really right. what, what goes on. In some cases, well, first of all, the locker room is a sacred place, you know, and so you got good leadership. That stuff ain't going to go on to that magnitude mm-hmm. of Northwestern. Yeah. Um, but you might have some guys that know how to hide it real well. I mean, heck, you, you, there's, you hear about it, employees and, and managers and stuff, then then he's like, oh, five years later, ten people hear about it. So you just never know until it happens. What is it with singing being part of the initiation? When I was doing play-by-play for Nebraska softball, um, one of the, the initiations for the freshmen was they had to get up on a road trip on the bus and sing a cappella a song. Mm-hmm. Now, it could have been Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Yeah. It could have been whatever. Um, and with the hockey team, you would get shoe-checked at a pregame so we're at Valentino's or we're at an Italian restaurant somewhere and somebody's going to get marinara on their shoe. Yeah. And when that happens, they stand up on their chair and they have to sing a song. Right. Now, with the Stars, we actually took it, a, a guy that went on and played a little bit in the NHL, John McCarron, uh, he, he did a rendition of Baby Got Back that left the restaurant like yeah. standing up, standing yeah. ovation. And he did it because he was trying to like flirt with one of the waitresses. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, John, a lot of good it's going to do you because we've got two hours to go until we're at where we're playing the game tonight. And right. you, you only have the bus, so it ain't going to work. But we turned him doing that into a skit at the end of the year when we did our jersey auction and we were trying to raise money for the right. American Cancer Society. That was the year that I think we broke $48,000 raised off these jerseys and his went for the best because I was telling the story and I go, man, I wish somebody had the, the lyrics because John said he didn't remember the lyrics. And I right. planted them with about a six-year-old in the front row and he yeah. walks over and just hands them right to John. And right. John's like, fine. And he does a, you know, does a, a verse and a chorus. But that's, to me, when I hear about you know initiations and all that type yeah. of stuff, it's always about singing. Um, what did you have to sing, Jay? Did you ever have to sing? I did the uh, – see, I was slick, though. See, so I, I was – I was deathly scared of it, and I didn't know the Nebraska fight song. And so, right before I was leaving, Doke Ostergaard kind of taught me it. So I just needed to get it. And then ain't no place like Nebraska. Da 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 da. Right. Yeah. So I I was like, okay, well I'm gonna go to practice. I and we had a we ran a three four, so I had to take the inside and outside linebackers and pads in. So then I would lift. Well, the veteran were trying to get you know in and out of lunch, get rest. So, but by, by a lot of times, by the time I was getting to lunch, they were gone. So I had, <laughs> I had it down, and I would go up there and peek, you know, look, 
They went in there, get my lunch, uh, have a good old time. Uh, and I was real quiet, you know, just do my thing. Then Ted Washington got me one day. He's like, you a rookie? And he knew I was a rookie. Uh, and I was like, yeah. And he got me up there and I sang it and did the, you know, Nebraska fight song. I only nice. had to do it once. Can you sing? No. Can't even, my, my aunt always told me, he's like, you can't even hum good. You can't, you know, so I can't, no, I can't sing. Okay, I want to uh, rank the Big Ten West while Jay is here. Because it's interesting to me where where you guys think everybody should be ranked. So let's uh, get into our Big Ten Blitz. The Big Ten Blitz. The Big Ten Blitz. The Big Ten Blitz. The Big Ten Blitz. Uh... I think it's going to be a really bad year for Northwestern. So, I mean, I think we all have them. They're dead last. They're they're dead. I mean, I think they're dead as a program. Uh, But I've got Iowa uh, coming back with a really good defense, one of the top defenses, I think, in the country. I I guess I'm sold on Cade McNamara. Uh, They had a really good defense last year. Their offense was atrocious. I think I saw that deal where Brian Ferentz gets another year added to his contract if they can get up to 25 points a game. Right. It's really bad, but I I think if they're even decent offensively, I think Iowa's the best team in the West. Who do you guys like? I'm going to throw out one that maybe some expect it. You might expect it from a comment you made earlier. I say Illinois is going to win the West. I I like Bielema. I like what he's doing, um, and I think he's going to build something that could be scary. Yeah, I I like Illinois – I just worry since they lost Chase Brown, and he True. was such a workhorse, and they lost his brother, yeah, and they lost Witherspoon. But that defense of Illinois, is, I think, is going to be better than Iowa. They got a big, big, strong physical front. But I'm going to pick Iowa reluctantly. I think that they have two NFL tight ends, so I think that's going to lessen yeah. the, the angst on the outside. The is good, and they got uh, Eric All uh, from yeah, Michigan. All's good too. And you yeah, brought that's in right. The transfer. The Eventually, I think they'll be able to run the ball. The defense lost a lot, but I think the way that they play, I think Iowa's the easy favorite, but I, it seems like when Iowa's favored, they don't play well. Um, the thing about Illinois last year, they had everything right in front of them, and they let Michigan State come in there and beat them. Illinois had the number one scoring defense in the entire country last right. year. They were third in total defense. It feels like they have a really good defensive line. They have a very good offensive line. Right. They have an identity. They have they have something that, and they do have a run they do have a backup running back that's good, quarterback that's decent. Luke Altmeyer is the transfer from Ole Miss. They lost Tommy DeVito, uh, their quarterback. So we'll see. I, how do you guys feel about Wisconsin coming into this year with Luke Fickle? I I, I still an AAC coach who went undefeated, uh, it, coming into the Big Ten to try to I. I, it's not the same as Scott Frost because Frost had no major college head coaching, you right. know, and I get it. It was only one year at Ohio State when he was filling in after everything happened with Urban. Um, but I, I'm not sold on Luke Fickle being a fantastic Big Ten coach to where you're going to be sitting there going, man, that guy, he's going right. to win championships and he's going to go to the playoff and make some noise. I just don't know if his offense works in the Big Ten. 57 and 18 at Cincinnati. He was 57 and 18. Uh, but that's the AAU. Scott right. Frost was undefeated. Yeah, uh, I, I think they'll. I think it'll take some time. AAC. I think he's a good coach. I really do. I think he's a really good coach. I think he knows the Big Ten. You got to think he was an assistant coach for a while. Yeah. Urban Meyer kept him on after he was after Jim Trestle. I think he knows the Big Ten. I just think the 
the so, such a change in offense and bringing in a total open offense. Yeah. The defense will be good because he can coach defense. I just don't know if they have enough to kind of replicate what they want. And I think Braylon Allen is going to – he is. But if he gets dinged up, he's going to look out for Braylon Allen because he wasn't happy that Paul Chris was let go. Yeah, and I, I guess I just – I look at Wisconsin. I remember going to the Nebraska spring game, coming home, and the Wisconsin spring game was on. It was snowing, and they were playing flag football. They were like – I, I, I just it was tough for me to get used to the air raid offense, and that's what they're doing with yeah. Longo. Well, so use that image, and could you imagine if it would have been snowing at Memorial Stadium for the spring game? I think Rule would have had guys like going shirts and and, and skins or something. Like he would have yeah, made yeah. it even more fun yeah. and more physical to embrace the cold, the nastiness of the weather, the the adversity that you're facing. Because guess what? You do it today. You do it day in, day out. You do it right. practice. Game day is easy. Barry Alvarez must look at the Wisconsin program and think, what happened? But uh, he is a good football coach. Luke Fickle. Yeah, Luke Fickle is – he's a football coach. So that's going to give him – and he, he's about coaching football, so it's going to give him a little bit better chance. You're, than, you're than, a big fan. I, I like him. You know, uh, I like him. I, I mean, Bill Bush I, is a big fan. Of yeah, I, well. I think he'll – it's just going to take some time with that offense. I think he's going to get – he's going to learn, all right, I got to – <laughs> Table this back a little bit. Um, okay, quick question. Three years from now, who has the better program, P.J. Fleck or Luke Fickle? Well, P- I think P.J. Fleck will be coaching somewhere else. I think he'll. Really? So I think okay. somebody will come Didn't in. Did he just sign a huge deal? He did, but I, I think if he has another good year, or you know, in the next those three years, I think somebody comes in, snatches him up, snatches him up. Yeah, I thought that would have happened by now. They were nine and four last year. They have to replace half their starters on both sides of the ball. And there is talk at uh, Iowa. I, I like their quarterback. Obviously, they, they lost Tanner Morgan. But uh, Alec Zach- Kalimanakis. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hurt yeah. myself trying to say it. I, I think he's, he's mobile. Kaliak Manis. Kaliak Manis. Manis. Um, I think he's good, and he's mobile. And they apparently, but they're going to have to replace Mo Ibrahim. I really liked him a lot. I mean, that that physical yeah, style. He was getting old, man. The dude was ninety-seven years That's old. That's true. Last year, so uh, they brought in a transfer, Sean Tyler from Western Michigan, who had good numbers. But yeah. uh, I think whoever wins that game, and it was a close game last year, but that's the way Minnesota plays. They beat Nebraska twenty to thirteen. Can you think Nebraska wins that game? This year? Right now, Minnesota's Minnesota. a seven-point favorite. I think it's going to be – I think Nebraska can win this game. Um, like a, I, th- I mean, I think the easy thing is say Minnesota's more buttoned-up. I mean, they, they, they're they going to be physical. That's it. And their defense is going to be good. Minnesota has a really good tight end. I think the running back – I mean, he's had 85 running backs because when Mo was hurt. Yep. I think if Nebraska, I think the biggest thing for Nebraska is everybody's healthy, and if they could just play, if Nebraska players could, could just play up to eighty percent of their potential, not be, you don't even need to be, forget being all Big no. Ten, if you could just go out there and do what you need to, Nebraska has a great chance to win. Minnesota has had Nebraska's numbers well, that first year. Scott Frost won in what twenty eighteen. Yeah, but and Adrian the, Martinez had his best game as a Husker. What was he? Twenty six out of twenty eight. Yeah, he had a great insane. game there, but the. The year, the, the thing that soured me on Nebraska football in the Frost era was the COVID year, where Minnesota came into Lincoln with 40 guys because of COVID, and in many cases, second and third team guys, and they bullied Nebraska. 
Right. Yeah. It was. And they bullied Nebraska almost every year. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> well, I got to go back to Minnesota and hear about it. one of my best friends in Minnesota alum. He tells me he's like, man, we beat you guys up like like uh, you guys used to beat people yeah. up. But I think this team and this year with this coaching staff will be different. I think I think they'll be more prepared. I, I do. I, I and that's not. And I don't even want to say that there's a slight to any other coaches. I think they'll they'll be prepared to go up there and play. It'll just it'll be up to the players to to go up there and execute. They'll, all, be, they'll be ready to go. We all agree that Northwestern is going to be terrible. Uh, what about Purdue with Ryan Walters? I think they're like Wisconsin, even though I think I think Wisconsin will be better because yeah. Wisconsin brings back some pretty good linebackers. I think Purdue with them, and they're trying to be like Illinois, right? Because that's the and plus you got to think he was a D coordinator at Illinois last year. Yeah. He's gone. That that's going to hurt them. Yeah, it's going to help Purdue. I just don't think Purdue has what their what their ultimate you know secret sauce was was Brom, a quarterback, a receiver that they could feed volume. Now they got a good Charlie runner. Jones was really good, right? And they've had Bell before that, and then yeah. they had the guy uh, Moore. Mm-hmm. So they don't have that anymore. So I think it's going to take Purdue again, like Wisconsin, to kind of catch up. Yeah, they're doing the same thing with the air raid offense. Uh, Graham Harrell is now their offensive coordinator. But they do lose Brom. They lose Aiden O'Connell. They lose the tight end. They lose their tight end. And they lost Jones. And Charlie Jones. Um, I think it's going to be tough for them this year. Maccabee is back. Uh, We'll see what that does. They were 8-6. and They lost their bowl game 63-7 to to LSU. 63-7. to And that was – you LSU was good. They're not 56 points better than you. No. 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 Uh, so if I were to, if you guys were to rank the teams, you, you, you and I both have Iowa number one. You I've, have, I've got Illinois. You've got Illinois. Number two. Who's number two in the league for you? I'm going to go with Illinois. I'm going to go Minnesota for me. Okay. I'll go, I'll go Iowa as, as my two. Uh, number three. Who's the third best team in the league? I got Minnesota. I got Nebraska. I, I I have the winner of Nebraska Minnesota. Yeah, I was going to do Nebraska fourth. Yeah, yeah I, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I, to me, that's a that's a that's a tie. That's a dead heat right now. I've got Wisconsin fourth, and probably maybe giving Nebraska a little more respect than they. But it's who's the better coach, Luke Fickle or Matt Rule? I mean, I think that that kind of decides it. If Matt Rule's the real deal, then that maybe they will be the third best team in the league. Yeah, and like I said, I with for me it's Minnesota as as my third best. I've got Nebraska four, which right. is pretty much what you had. For my five is going to be Wisco. Yeah, um, I've I've got Illinois five and probably too low. Uh, now that I think, if I were to re rank them, I would probably have them at least fourth and yeah. maybe. Third. I got Nebraska and Minnesota tied for three, and and then you've got it, Purdue it, it, and. And the Northwestern, yeah, yeah and, and, and yeah, obviously the bottom two. But and that's the thing, like I haven't anticipated a, a a season opener as much as this year's Minnesota game, and it's mainly just to finally get an answer to what is this going to look like? Because I think I know based on what I saw with the spring game and yeah. from what you hear, but when it comes down to what. Coach Rule has talked about with what they're doing and some things that he stole from some other coaches. They focus a lot on situational football. Yeah. Something's going to happen in that Minnesota game, and we're going to make a play or Minnesota's going to yeah. make a play, and it's literally going to be the play that changes the game, and it's going to be something, if it's Nebraska, that a player or a coach is going to go, you know what, we, we worked, worked on, on that, that last yeah. week. Um, we just worked on that. Yeah. That's why we won. 
Yeah, Which, it's it's going to be an interesting game. I don't think it's going to tell you the whole story, but I think you get a good glimpse. I think I'm looking at it like by game six afterwards, you could be like, yeah, I can see what they're doing. I can see it. What What do you like about Matt Rule, and maybe what concerns you about Matt Rule? I mean, I, I mean, I don't, nothing concerns me right now just because he hasn't coached a game. But I think that one, he's he's all of them. They've worked hard and they've recruited. I think they kind of have identity of what they like to in a player. It, yeah. it's consistency, right? You know yeah. what they're doing. They they seem like they've put an honest effort in recruiting locally and developing players. I think they've done a you know from what I've been told and, and only can see from outside looking in, they do they've been holding guys accountable. Yeah. Guys have embraced it. And um, he's, he's everything that he's kind of said he was going to do, they've done. So that's what you got to take him for. Yeah. And it's done it by actions as well. So, I mean, I think coaching football and all that stuff would be fine. I think the biggest thing is how well his assistants adjust. I think he's done a good job where people don't really look at it. I call it the four-headed monster are veterans. Matt Rule, uh, Coach White, Satterfield, Foley. Those one leads the offense, one leads the defense. Matt Rule leads them all. Yeah. Special teams. The younger guys there are how well they gel to get into the Big Ten. I think is going to tell everything. Before we go, uh, Tony White's three three five defense. We've heard it's simple. It's easy to execute. Would you agree with that? Well, they, it, you either make it as simple as, or hard as as they want. Yeah. You know, I think they're going to do a good job of putting guys out there that can get to the ball. Yeah. Well, see, I was, was going to say, I was going to ask you about the defense a little bit and about Ed Foley and special teams. Do you want to take a break? Do you have time to stick around sure. for the last break? Yeah. Let's do it. Do you want to yeah. Do you want to jump in and we'll do a little bit longer last segment? Yeah. I mean, if, yeah. if we've only got 10 minutes left and then it's uh, the finish line. So, yeah, yeah if Jay can stick around, I don't want to force you into no, it. No, we're good. All we're right. good, man. Okay. Uh, the Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman, Mike Melby, Tom Stevens, Husker Rewind. More after this. This is Sunday Rewind. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Husker Rewind. We are joined by the co-host of Old School here on 93.7 The Ticket, Jay Foreman. Jay, truly appreciate you sticking around all hour. Uh, Gaining knowledge all the time. Uh, If you're watching on the stream, it's the Sarder Heyman stream. You can find it on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Join the show by texting or calling 402-464-5685, Honda of Lincoln Hotline and Sarder Heyman text line. Before we went to break, I said I, I kind of want to ask you a little bit more in depth about defense and about special teams. Right. You you played special teams at Nebraska, obviously in the NFL. What was your favorite one of the four big special teams to play? Uh, well, I'd probably say kickoff return, you know. Which is now being eliminated. Yeah, eliminated. Um because Dan Young used to do this thing, he, he if you had a good block and pancake somebody, he, he, you get it, you, you get up there and you know you get a pancake. You know he'd say, "Hey, Jay Foreman had a pancake," but I was out there with you know the whole front line. I think it was Cluster Johnson was on one side, like one like end. Um, then there was Phil Ellis, John Hess, myself, Aaron Penland, and uh, maybe Joel Makovica. So we these are guys that you know we ram heads against each other. <laughs> But we were out there blocking, and we held each other accountable. It, it, it was just another football play, so I'd probably say that, you know, because, uh, you know, you get to start the game off, and if you have a big return, you feel like, you know, you're helping the offense out. You fill in 
Makovic had just those three alone. Yeah, John Hess and Aaron Penland. Aaron Penland was the most hard-headed dude out there. Yeah, so, I mean, we had – you just – I mean, we it's a football play. Yeah. You know, um, punt team, punt return. I mean, we you know, I mean, we're, we're out there doing it. So, we heard Ed Foley's going to – we, we're going to return punts for the first time and it seems like 20 years sure. this coming year. What do you think of what you've seen and heard out of what's going on with special teams? I mean, he's, he's been coaching special teams for, I think, 20-some years, I think, right? Yeah. Um, so he's seen it all. He knows it all. I'm, I'm sure he's going to put guys back there that want to return kicks and put guys up in positions up front that want to be a part of – be a special part of the team. And so if he does that, and I'm sure that, you know, all the drill work and all that, and, you know – Bill Bush did a really good job of that. I used to come on here and tell people they're doing the right drills. And I and DP did not under did not want to understand the things that some guys did in the games. I know I didn't see during the week. Yeah. So it's just one of those things that was, uh, you know, you had some guys that had a little bit of me in me, and like it was showtime. And and but I think you know this you know new new crew is going to get it out of them. Nebraska was bad at special teams throughout the Frost era. I mean sure. they were they were one hundred twenty eighth. Out of 131 last year. And I think right. Bill Bush is actually a pretty good special teams coach. Right. Uh, but in your opinion, why were they so bad? I mean, I think, of, well, one, you know, you need the kicking game, you know, making field goals and that, that cures yeah. a lot. And then, you know, I think at the point where uh, I think, and I don't really know this, I'm just going off of just watching. I think they were just okay with fair punts or but, fair catches. And their best athletes weren't always on special yeah. teams. Yeah, a little bit of that. And, uh, and, and, you know, I think Bill Bush really did a good job of wanting guys to get on there. I know that I had, I've had very frank conversations with him that what he wanted because they did it at LSU. Yeah. They had their best players out there. Yeah. Nick Saban has his best players out there. A lot of other schools did. And so but sometimes you, as the special teams coach, you don't get, I mean, there are coaches, there are head coaches that protect certain guys. Right. And if, right. They, and, they, and, they, if you can't have that guy, you can't have that yeah, guy. Yeah. And probably that's what, he, and he can answer that, but I don't want to speak for him, but sometimes your hands are tied. But I think right now, listen, nobody, I always say this, nobody on that team is sleeping at night thinking they made, they made it. So if, so if a special teams coach is saying they need Jay Foreman on, kickoff team and i might be number one linebacker well you're going to be hitting that line running you better because you got to prove yourself i think that's the biggest thing in the special teams is you got to prove yourself it's a football play you can have a huge impact on the game because there's going to be a game and hopefully only one game because ideally you like the offensive defense to be humming but there's going to be a game that you're playing and they're struggling you get a big kickoff return. You get a big punt. Get a big punt return. You get a big block. It opens the floodgates. We've seen it happen to us. Yeah, we, we've always heard. Well, it's a four three. It's a three four. And and a lot of coaches will tell you. Well, sometimes we're in a four three. Sometimes sure. we're in a three four. And now Nebraska is going to be playing a, a three three five. Were you ever in a three three five? Did you ever play that type of defense? We played. It was more of a specialty type of defense. You know, when I was in the league, um, we didn't do it much in the. Uh, Nebraska, we didn't have to. Yeah. I mean, we had four horses up front. Yeah. We, you know, um, I think the three-three-five is like like their base defense. But ultimately, the way college football is, if you're you're in nickel a lot, four down linemen yeah. generally. Three-three-five. If you got a guy, they're going to have a guy standing up, and he's going to be a, you know edge setter. So you're essentially in somewhat of a elephant front, a la Charles Haley when he played with the 49ers and stuff like that. You got to have a playmaker there. But, you know, the, the thing that's a little tricky is like kind of that 
joker position guy that's kind of like a hybrid, you know, that's can mm-hmm. you know, he's bigger than a safety, maybe not a linebacker, but he's extremely athletic. You're trying to get more athletic guys on the field. Is MJ Sherman the Charles Haley type for this defense, do you think? I hope so. Him yeah. and Jamari Butler, they shown that you saw that in the spring game. You got you know, one can play on the line, one can play off. You want to be multiple. If you want to be a good football player, you can't just raise your hand and say, I'm all time pass rusher. Yeah. Unless you're Von Miller or somebody like that. Jeff Sims is probably the best player on this team. Who's the best defensive player on this team? I don't know. I don't I mean I don't know if Luke Jeff Sim- I don't know if Jeff Sims is the best player. I mean, no, I, 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 I wouldn't agree. Well, with Luke, that. Luke Reimer is about Luke Reimer is the the best a, defender. He's about to become the second. I mean, next to Barrett Rude, he's yeah. going to be second all time in tackles. Yeah, he's a productive player. Well, but play there's the, been a lot of guys a, that have been really good that don't stats don't really mean it. But Luke is a good player. I think what Luke has done, at least la, I, what I saw last year, he he was. I thought I felt like he was a lot more consistent, and I felt like he made some big plays when they needed it. Fumble, fumble recovery. Now we just get the consistency and really, really comes down to Luke just being healthy. Oh, big time. Big time. The, the one thing that I felt a little bit, and I'm not comparing the two because one's, what, 13, 14 years in the NFL and one of the best tacklers ever, Levante David. But Levante David had a knack for making that play. Yeah, yeah he granted, a, he'd he get a, a football ton of, player. But he, he would make the play that needed to be made. Right. Braxton Miller, ask him about it. Right. I mean, he was always that guy that made that play. And Luke Reimer last year, you made saw those plays. made those yeah. plays. Right. And so you need more of that. You need it from MJ Sherman. You need guys like Jamari Butler to step up. You need Nick Heinrich to be healthy. You need some, you know, Javen Wright who could be a great addition. Then you need to deal. You need Ty. Really, this defense is going to hinge on Ty Robinson. He has a good year. That solves a lot of problems. It solves your run defense. It solves your pass rush. It solves all the playmaking stuff. So if you can get that D line going with Judy. And Nash looks good. He's lost some weight. So, you know, I think, you know, he maybe even lost some more. You know, I haven't seen him. And then you get some depth there and you get some, you know, you know, younger guys in there playing. They'll be fine. You know, the other interesting thing, and I know we're getting kind of tight on time here, but I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the, the change in the weightlifting and the strength program. What I've heard was it's not all about guys just getting big. Right. It's about making sure that the, the, the muscles that you need to use to be explosive sure. to play your position is kind of more of a focus as opposed to what we heard a lot about the last five years. We were the best-looking team getting off the bus. Right. Yeah. yeah. But um, it, it's been such a change with Corey Campbell. Yeah, I think you know, I think Zach and those guys did a good job. You know, I don't want to take anything from him because he, he did a lot of stuff that, you know, from Boyd to help me be yeah. successful. I'm a true believer in, yeah, it's probably changing philosophy, right? Because you always want to come in and maybe do a little something different than the guy before. I'm a big believer in you get out of the weight room what you put in. Did you do more? Just because Zach gives you or any weight coach gives you a program, what are you doing extra? Are you eating right? Are you doing extra workouts? Are you trying to work on your flexibility? So a lot of that has to go with we were blessed to have guys that did a lot more than we were asked to do. Well, uh, Jay... We appreciate your time. I like this song right here, man. You, you, you guys got some good music going on in here, man. <laughs> we don't mess around. We don't mess around. Uh, we're not done. Well, I'm done. You're not done. No. The finish line is coming up. Rebecca Pearson, Mike Melby. Doug Lovegrove is going to be in studio all hour. Awesome. Former Eagle Raceway track champion, and uh, we'll probably talk a little music because he's also a drummer in a local band and probably business ownership because he also owns a business. So, How many days, Mike, till kickoff? 
Until, oh, until uh, fall camp? Yeah, fall. Uh, 14. 14 days. Dang. Yeah. That's quick. It's good. And you'll be at Big Ten Media Days. Yeah. Excited about that. We'll be back next week. We'll see you. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Yep.